um, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Good morning, and thank you for letting me be here today to share with you. Um, I chose the topic of miracles because miracles are something that I have experienced in my life. And I want to share that with you. So, there are many miracles that we um, have read about in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. We've heard about many of them. Moses performed miracles as he prepared to lead God's people out of Egypt. Abraham and Sarah, Zechariah and Elizabeth were given children in their old age. And Jesus performed many miracles of healing during his ministry. And in the bulletin, I told Marjean, Matthew 8, and um, that is one of the... Um, one of the complementary scriptures in Matthew and Mark and in Luke. But I'm going to read to you the story of um, Jairus and the woman who touched the cloak from Mark rather than Matthew. So it's Mark 5:21 is where I'm starting, if you like to follow along. This is the good news uh, Bible that I'm reading from. Jesus went back across to the other side of the lake, where at the lakeside, a large crowd gathered around him. Jairus, an official of the local synagogue, arrived, and when he saw Jesus, he threw himself down at his feet and begged him earnestly, My little daughter is very sick. Please come and place your hands on her so that she will get well and live. Then Jesus started off with him. So many people were going along with Jesus that they were crowding him from every side. Then Jesus started off with him. Oops. There was a woman who had suffered terribly from severe bleeding for 12 years. Even though she had been treated by many doctors, she'd spent her, all her money, and instead of getting better, she got worse all the time. She'd heard about Jesus, so she came in the crowd behind him, saying to herself, if I just touch his clothes, I will get well. She touched his cloak, and her bleeding stopped at once, and she had the feeling inside herself that she was healed of her trouble. At once, Jesus knew that power had gone out of him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? His disciples answered, You see how the people are crowding you. Why do you ask who touched you? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. The woman realized she had happened, what had happened to her, so she came trembling with fear, knelt at his feet, and told him the whole truth. Jesus said to her, My daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your trouble. While Jesus was saying this, some messengers came from Jairus' house and told him, Your daughter has died. Why bother the teacher any longer? Jesus paid no attention to what they said, but told him, Don't be afraid. Only believe. Then he did not let anyone else go on with him except Peter and James and his brother John. 
They arrived at Jairus' house, where Jesus saw the confusion and heard all the loud crying and wailing. He went in and said to them, Why all this confusion? Why are you crying? The child is not dead. She is only sleeping. They started making fun of him, so he put them all out, took the child's father and mother and his three disciples, and went into the room where the child was lying. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kuom, which means, if I, if I pronounced it right, little girl, I tell you to get up. She got up at once and started walking around. She was 12 years old. When this happened, they were completely amazed, but Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone, and he said, give her something to eat. So this miracle reading is just one of them in the New Testament, which shows how Jesus heals or healed while he was on earth. I looked up miracle in the uh, dictionary, and it is defined as, one, an extraordinary occurrence that surpasses all known human powers or natural forces, and it is ascribed to a divine or supernatural course, especially to God. Also, the second meaning was a superb or surpassing example of something, a wonder or a marvel. Can miracles happen? Do they happen today? I believe so. In fact, we heard a testimony this morning. A few weeks ago, I shared the the children's moment, and we talked about being an eyewitness to others by telling how God has come alongside us in our own lives. In fact, just this morning, Karen said to the kids, you know, when she gave him his heart, let's take this heart, let's remember that it's a gift of love that we love and Jesus loves, and let's share it. So that's another opportunity to be an eyewitness to God's love. And so that's what I'm being today, an eyewitness to the love that God has for me just as I tell my story um, about this personal healing miracle in my life. Some of you have heard about this story, uh, maybe not all of the details, so I hope that what I share with you doesn't um, bore you, but I don't think it will. As a young newlywed couple, Kent and I expected, as most couples do, that we would have children. Two years into our marriage, I had what was called then a false pregnancy. All the signs seemed to be there. But at a follow-up appointment, it was determined that I wasn't pregnant. And by that time, because it was in the early 70s, I had resigned my job as a teacher. Because that's what you did at the time when you were pregnant. But God was faithful to um, provide another position for me in the same school. And uh, though the position that I had 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 been filled. Following um, our time in Iowa, that's where we were, um, we moved to Indiana, and we still had not been able to start a family. So I decided to go to a women's clinic to see if there was anything that they could find out or to be done. And after some tests and procedures, 
there didn't seem to be any reason why I wasn't able to have a child. So then four years later, we moved again and transferred to Pennsylvania. During a visit to Kent's folks in Elko, Nevada, I experienced a miscarriage. I didn't even know then that I was pregnant. And I should tell you here that throughout my life, my cycles had never been regular, so it was common for me to miss one. My bleeding from the miscarriage was difficult to stop, so I had a DNC. Overall, we were completely shocked to learn that I had even been pregnant and very excited to learn that we could actually conceive a child. At this point, we were thinking that the only children in my life then would be students that I had in the classroom as a teacher. A scripture that I read daily uh, says that, from Jeremiah 29, 11 to 12, says, I alone know the plans I have for you, plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster, plans to bring about the future you hope for. Then you will call to me, you will come and pray to me, and I will answer you. Okay, let's fast forward a little bit. After our two years in Pittsburgh, we moved to Colville in 1980. At the time, we attended the Episcopal Church up on the hill. Our priest at that church called for a healing service, which I decided to attend, and I asked for the prayer and healing of my reproductive system because I didn't know what else to do. You know, when you can't figure out um, why or what, and you finally decide that you're going to call to God for help. (laughs) That's what we did. So God's timing seems to be the best. We don't always agree or understand. Following the healing service, two very dear friends and supportive friends came from the church, or that were from the church, came to my house and said, Okay, girl, God's done his part. Now it's your turn. They told me that I needed to make an appointment with the doctor, and they would not leave until I had called the clinic to make the appointment. Now, at that time, I wanted to see a very specific doctor here in Colville, and I can't tell you why, but if I couldn't see him, I didn't want to go. So it was not guaranteed that he would have an opening. But when I did call, I was scheduled to see that particular doctor. After the examination, the doctor told me that nothing revealed why I shouldn't be able to have children or why I wasn't getting pregnant. But he recommended that I see an endocrinologist. An endocrinologist? Why? Well, this doctor had very recently read about the endocrine system being possible cause for infertility. So check into it. Okay. We made the appointment with an endocrinologist in Spokane. An MRI or CAT scan revealed a pituitary tumor right up here. That... um, with further testing, indicated it was producing too much prolactin hormone, cause for not being able to get pregnant. So I was given 
medication to suppress that hormone and scheduled for surgery with a neurosurgeon. That's scary to remove the tumor. My, my surgery then was scheduled for June, the summer of 1983. Since I was an elementary school teacher, I had signed up for a two-week math shop workshop in July with a group of teachers I worked with here in Colville. The surgery, however, was postponed until the second week of the workshop in July. The workshop leader reluctantly excused me from participating that second week. You just didn't miss the whole thing. It was math their way at the time, and you had to know it all. So back to the hospital as I was on the gurney headed to surgery. I shared the elevator with a patient who was being discharged from the hospital. It was a blessing to me when she told me that she had just had the same surgery that I was just about to have and that all would be just fine. I don't know how she knew that, but was she one of God's angels looking after me? I went to surgery with a peaceful heart and a peaceful mind. Following that surgery, it took me a long time to recover. I had been told it would be likely six weeks before I even felt well. As the beginning of the school year approached, my energy and my stamina were minimal, so I began the school year on a halftime schedule. Thankfully, we had a great sub to help out. But as time progressed... I still didn't feel like my old self. While talking with my younger sister, who had two little ones by this time, she suggested that I might be pregnant, as my symptoms sounded like that could be a possibility, and that's why I wasn't feeling very good. Well, thinking it was a long shot, I took a home pregnancy test. Positive. So I made an appointment with the doctor. Confirmation. Not only was I pregnant, folks, I was five months pregnant. This meant that I was pregnant during my major surgery to remove this pituitary tumor. Okay, I'm a teacher, so... We have to review some things, some miracle points in this story. God is involved in the details of our situations, of our lives. One point, the healing service was called. I responded, miracle. The appointment was made available with a very busy, very popular local, Colville. Doctor, miracle. This doctor had the information about possible infertility related to the endocrine system. Why had he read that article? Oh, I don't know. Miracle? A tumor was discovered and the hormone it caused was suppressed. Miracle. Surgery was scheduled 
and then postponed, which allowed the fetus only God knew about to have more development time. Miracle. An angel blessed me on my way to surgery, giving me peace. Miracle. My recovery time was long because I was already pregnant. That's a miracle, too. You know what? It's not very difficult to enjoy a four-month pregnancy. (laughs) The hard part had been done and experienced without even knowing it. (laughs) So, after 13 blessed years of marriage, extra blessings. On February 20th, 1984, a beautiful, healthy boy was born, our son Kelly. And two years later, we were blessed with our daughter Kimberly. Two very amazing miracles. And you know, a third miracle has occurred recently when our granddaughter Kate was born in June. God allowed Kelly to be completely whole in spite of the surgery that he experienced along with me. Excuse me. So, folks, this is my eyewitness report. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit are alive and working miracles in our lives this day. I know that many of you have experienced miracles in your lives, too. And hopefully you have had, or will, have the opportunity to share with others God's gift of love, healing, or intervention on your behalf. When we are all called to pray, like we did today, for family and friends and others, we're given opportunities to be a part of these miracles that are in the works. This morning, I was doing a devotion, and it happens to be that on February 12th, in this particular devotion, um, and I don't know if you're familiar with Joyce Meyer, but she was writing about stop getting and start receiving, and uh, her biblical reference was from 1 John 3.22, And we receive from him whatever we ask because we watchfully obey his orders, observe his suggestions and injunctions, and follow his plan for us and habitually practice what is pleasing to him. And then she said, um, when everything in your life requires effort, life becomes frustrating and exhausting. And that's not the kind of abundant life Jesus came to give us. No, God wants us to live with a holy ease, a grace that keeps us from striving and struggling through life. That doesn't mean that everything will be easy, but it means even difficult things can be done with a sense of God's presence and help. God wants us wants to give us much more than we can imagine. He's waiting to pour out blessings in our lives, and we need to know how to receive both from him and from others. Sometimes God works miraculously. When, the, when I read that, I thought, 
my goodness, speaking right to me, to meet our needs. But he frequently works through other people. If we pray for help, then we must let God choose how and through whom he will send it. We should not be embarrassed to be needy because we are all needy in some way or another. God did not intend for us to be so independent we would never need help. So, I just am thankful that God is uh, a miraculous God. He's a God of wonder and he's a God of blessing. Thank you for being willing to listen to me this morning.